We're talking worlds this time on My Weightlifting Coach, the podcast. Hi, Dave. Hi, Derek. How's it going? Going well, thanks. How you doing? I'm okay. Getting into the winter weather here. How about there? Uh, it's been very pleasant here. Uh, unseasonably warm. We might be hitting the record. In Fahrenheit, it's going to be about 70 degrees today or tomorrow. It's crazy, but I'll take it. Really? Yeah, that is surprising. What about where you're at? It, is it, it gets cold? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I forgot my Fahrenheit now that I've been abroad so long, but it's about six, seven degrees Celsius. Okay. So maybe like 17, something like that. Lower than that, probably. Uh, but we don't usually get snow maybe three, four days uh, next month or February. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah. It's cool and crisp. <laughs> so, how were the world championships? How would you rate them? Uh, one heck of a show. Um, it, it was uh, put on very well. A lot of good lifting. And for me personally, it was great to see some old friends uh, from around the world that I used to compete against. Um, and I think it was a, a pretty good success for the competitors, meaning the, the oh, the way it was organized was fantastic. The um, there was a lot of feedback that were, people were talking about. In other words, the competition venue was at a huge um, exhibition hall, and uh, which was connected uh, to the hotel. So you really never had to go outside if you didn't want to. It was very convenient for people. Ah, okay, yeah, that is nice. You could just walk right down and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, what weight classes did you think was, were, were the most surprising? Um, I think, let's see. Oh, there's a couple story, a couple things. I think the, the coolest thing was at the very end, the, actually they finished with the 75 plus women, but the seven, the 105 kilo plus men, there was a world record in the clean and jerk in total. And that was, uh, fabulous by, uh, love Chev, I think. Um, yeah, the Russian. Yeah, 264, if I believe, and a 475 kilo total. That was what a fantastic way to end the competition. And he went up in 12, up 12 kilos that last lift, I think. Yeah, he went, went after it. I think everybody was like, ah, "This isn't going to happen." And then uh, let's hurry up and beat the crowd. But then, no, no, let's stay and watch. And it's like, holy hell, we made it pretty, pretty strong too. So there might be some more there. Um, in that guy, Oof, that was that was impressive. Yeah, I was watching it live, and that's what went through my my head is like, ah, he's never gonna do this. Come on! <laughs> and the announcers on Eurosport were of the same mind. And then when he did it, it's just such a great moment for sport. It's almost like a miracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of the Olympics, the German weightlifter, super heavyweight. Matthias I can't think Steiner? of his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had that horrible story where his wife died in the car crash and he was still competing at the Olympics and he did the same thing I think he went up 12 kilos or 16 kilos on his final lift yeah that was a that was a pretty um pretty emotional story at the time too yeah 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 uh so what was it like on the ground were you in the hall a lot watching I know you were a vendor for your DC blocks how, how did you split your time uh basically um Spent a lot of time at the booth, but we watched uh, all the A sessions, and most of the sessions where American lifters were in, 
um, because then the, the, and then we'd come out for breaks. Um, but we spent a lot of booth time, um, which was which was fine. It was right next to the competition venue, and uh, a lot of good foot traffic from international people, and also a huge a huge turnout from the local Texas crowd, and I guess local in Texas in the 150 mile radius probably um, throughout the state of Texas. Uh, there were a few American old time lifters there, but not as many as I would have hoped uh, because it's the first time in, let's see, 40 years plus or minus that we've had the world championships, 35 years, 37 years, something like that. And um, I don't know if in our lifetime we're going to see it again. Um, so I think it was should have been a destination for people. Definitely, yeah. I, I did see some photos of you on Facebook, not so much with American weightlifters, but guys internationally. Mm-hmm. How was that experience running into people like that? It was pretty cool. Um, uh, for instance, Niku Vlad. Uh, that was a that was a um, a good uh, a good re meeting, and uh, the Romanian famous uh, lifter who was the heaviest lifter to snatch double body weight. He was a hundred kilo lifter and did two hundred point five, if I recall correctly, um, in the snatch. And um, let's see. A couple Germans. I had met Matthias Steiner's coach um, when he was here uh, in the United States doing a, a coaching course. Matthias, uh, and uh, that was uh, fabulous just to say hello to him and in uh, the Germans. And then there was a couple Iranian guys of all of all people um, remembered. Uh, I beat him in the B set. I was in the B session in ninety. No correction, eighty two world championships and a couple other competitions. And he, he recollected that, uh, he could never beat me. I kept beating him. I didn't know it was going against him necessarily. So that was kind of funny. And he recognized me after what the hell is it? 30, uh, 30 years. Um, yeah. and then a couple, uh, uh, athletes who were uh, Asians that were in the 84 games. So that it was, it was fun. And how was it being a vendor? Was this the largest, um, convention you've been at or no no it's not the largest it's not the largest convention i've been at um but there was there was because there's only maybe 15 perhaps 20 vendors in and out they weren't all there the whole time um alico works on myself uh hassle free let's see and i think oh ray-ban was there the whole time and a couple other this other group that was selling portable massages. So there was a half a dozen of us that were there the whole time, but then there was a few that were in and out, um, taking it up two aisles, I guess, of, of space. Oh, and then uh, what's the other? Yusaka was, they had a booth down by the the training hall. Um, so the And was it? Go ahead. Uh, was it successful then for you? Oh, very, very successful. Um, the, uh, we had a lot of interest from, uh, Singapore, Asia, to, to access Asia, and then um, Dubai to, and Tunisia to access Africa. The Germans are very interested. Niku Vlad, Romania, he's the Romanian coach. He he uh, expressed interest. He wants to order quite a few hundred, um, but not before Christmas, he said, so we'll be in contact regarding that. And then the uh, probably my biggest uh, thrill is uh, Worksan expressed uh, great interest. And uh, 
So that's I'm following up with them now, and uh, or in process of following up with them to see what we can work out with because they distribute to. I'm not able to. I'm not sure how many countries, but but many countries. So this is a very exciting time. Yeah, as I said, Worksan is what we use at our gym. Uh, you see it a lot, of course, in Turkey. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. Um, I hope that works out. And tell me about the American lifters. Uh, who were some of the stars, or was it successful for the American team? No. Uh, for the women, it was reasonably successful. They had uh, some good performances. I'd have to go through and look at some of the the uh, the names. I in my uh, I was much more in tune with the international people, um, but we had a let's see, uh, the 70, 75 kilo uh, woman, uh, G- Jenny Arthur. She was very impressive to uh, to watch, um, and they ended up women ended up getting three spots for us, which uh, was was pretty impressive. The men, however, didn't get any spots. We don't have any spots. We might get one through the the Pan Am Championships. Um, now, when you when you say spots, for those who don't understand, you're talking about spots at the Olympics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So you're competing at the Worlds, of course, for your individual medals and for team medals, but then you're also competing for the Olympics in order to get lifters into those competitions. Mm-hmm. That's something that you know some countries don't even have to think about. For the United States, it's a big deal. It's a it's a huge deal. Um, we've had a couple people going um, that were injured, and they substituted a few people. That uh, uh, one of the I guess the is it Cummings, the the young young guy. Um, trying to think of what class he's in. Fit the fifty six. Yeah, yeah. CJ Cummings. Uh, he ended up doing uh, real well for for the United States, but then um, I guess Jared Fleming hurt his leg, so that was supposed to be some points. That that didn't come through, so kind of disappointing. And, and one, of the, one of the, I guess not to be too critical, but out of all the athletes who were coming up to the platform, the Americans were the only ones with the headphones in their ear. And I don't know, we're talking to that with a couple other the athletes and coaches from other countries, and it seems like we're <clears throat> the idea with having the earphones and then the, whatever music you're listening to. Is um, and uh, granted, I'm an old timer, so I don't want to sound like an old crotchety, crotchety. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> if, if you need the external motivation, well, weightlifting is such about internal motivation. I don't think you need just because you have to have loud music going on that that motivates you. And if, if you don't have the internal motivation, then then um, kind of questions your your motives or your internal your psyche. And it's just disturbing. And they go out there and put a big show on, and then they miss four lifts. It's like, come on. You know, it's like, if we want to be a world leader, or, or at least catch up these guys, I, I think we can learn a lot more by watching how other people behave and, and handle themselves, I think, from the coach and athlete standpoint. But that's that's my opinion. And I think that's, that's a lot of the people's opinions. Like, it was real noticeable that they pop the earphones out, and then they huff and puff. And put more energy into the show before and after the lift than they do the actual lift, it seems like. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, I I hate when there's music on. I I don't find it to be advantageous at all. I I know when you see it on TV and they show the training hall, that sometimes you hear some loud music going on. 
Okay, but I, I don't think the lifters are that tuned into it. I think they're tuned into what they're doing. And to get to that point where you're, you know, trying to get fired up a few seconds before your lift by li- listening to some kind of music, yeah, it's, like you said, it's it's internal motivation. It's it's focus that is within you, I think, that's important. Yeah, I guess for background music, that's, that's you know, I think that's maybe what we're talking is, okay, I don't disagree with having some background music, but you have to be able to converse with your coach, uh, you know, without screaming. And if it gets too loud and some of the vulgar language is like, oh, my gosh, you know, let's beware of the quiet man. That's my model. And the quiet guys, they're the ones that are really the guys you should look at, look at not the big huffy puffy guys or the, the, the silly vulgar lyrics. The, the real tough guy, maybe he's thinking that stuff, but they put the energy into the barbell, not having to hear it over a big, loud and you mentioned uh that you were a little bit more focused on the international lifters um you talked about the super heavies the world record being set there uh who else impressed you oh man by far um it was a um, if anyone can look look up the 75 kilo woman she got second her name's jong sim rim from people's republic of korea North Korea, as we know it. Um, she came out and snatched uh, 120 nicely, did a nice 125 kilo snatch, and she's she was uh, battling with a Chinese woman, um, had her had the Chinese woman on body weight, and who and the Chinese woman snatched 127. She came out, uh, which was Kang Wei or something. Uh, last name is Kang, and. Um, okay. So Rim came out and did tried 128. She had it overhead and did a kind of, didn't quite duck walk because uh, her knee went forward, um, but she didn't take the step. And uh-huh. she, I think she probably tore her ACL. Uh, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're talking about it, yeah. And then she gets help to get off of the the platform. She needs help to get off the platform. It's like, oh boy, she's done. Um, and then during the clean and jerks, they showed a couple on the camera on the back, uh, on the side, they showed her warming up in the clean. They didn't actually show her any lifts, but it was obviously there. And I think at the one point, the one film, the first one I saw was like 130s on the bar. And I think she just completed it and she was limping back to her chair, you know, which was right behind the platform, of course. And I said, holy hell, she's coming back out to, to, to clean and jerk. And they had 150 on her opener, I think, and they didn't change it, or they uh, they didn't change it at all. It was like, oh man, she came out, was limping noticeably, but not crazy limping. She came out and did one. She she cleaned it. It was very impressive, clean, nice, clean. Stood up with it and essentially jerked on one leg. It was her left leg that was injured, and she kind of well, she jerked it. That was her trail leg. And yeah. uh, she, she moved over to the, she was losing her balance to the left and, and caught her balance and then finally was able to stand up and the crowd's going crazy. And it was, uh, then I was sitting near the, the Germans and, and uh, the Canadians and it's like, oh, don't have her, you know, we're all like, oh, yeah, <laughs> cheering, but don't have yeah. her come out again. Let her be done. Let her be done. And then, of course, they, they put her right at 155. None of this 151, 152 things. Just boom, right at 155. She comes back out, limping a little bit notice, noticeably more. 
and did the same, almost the same thing in the, she racked it and cleaned it nicely and, you know, getting the crowd all into everything uh, behind her and she jerked it and it was a more difficult jerk and, uh, and she was in a whole heck of a lot of pain and she needed, uh, she needed uh, probably a lift chair to get off the platform. It was terrible. I mean, it was inspiring that she was able to get off. It's like, oh, please let her be done. Please let her be done. And yeah, yeah. they moved to again 56 and then, oh, to give her about five more seconds rest, you know, <laughs> one yeah. seven. And I believe she cleaned it. Yeah. And then she missed the jerk. It was like, and that was like the performance of the, of the millennia. It seems like that was just fabulous. Um, so what a heroine she is. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking about it, I, I did watch that. I was, again, I watched that one live and uh, yeah, on the jerks, it was almost like she was, you know, having to bring one leg behind and, and just slowly bring that back leg forward and just trying to balance it. And I thought the same thing. Oh, don't send her out again. I mean, it, it's great to watch. And, and it is like you said, what a heroine, how heroic, but at the same time, you, you just don't, but she was she was tough as nails. Yeah, and she needed that fifty-five to to beat the to get I guess go from third to second place or something like that. So she was she was battling. I could see why, from a political standpoint, the China China doesn't attack North Korea because if they got a p- bunch of people like that, uh, they don't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And speaking of the country, so I, I think in the men's, it was what? China, Russia, Kazakhstan. Something like I that. I think that, yeah, that had. And then the women was China, Russia, and North Korea. Or maybe Russia wasn't up there. I can't remember now. Yeah. But it's, they, were, they had a lot but, of heavier, they were more pronounced in the heavier classes. But there was, the Chinese had a lot of bomb outs this year, um, which was kind of surprising. I think that was the kind of surprise. What, Kind of the surprise that were people were talking about a lot of mislifts, uh, also, which whether they had the slots locked up and they didn't have anything to lose, and they just went for things, or the athletes had some things to prove or something, um, or uh, the other thing is uh, they were afraid of maybe some maybe some drug testing things in there because there's in the states and there was a lot of drug testing and there was a lot of talk about that. So I don't I don't know I don't have any firsthand knowledge. Um, but the, there was this, that was the kind of the scuttlebutt kind of going around. And not just the Chinese. So I'm not singling them out in any way, shape, or form. But right. um, I think that, that there was some scuttlebutt about um, some athletes not being in world record form. Although there were quite a few records broken. So that, that was good. Yeah, we, we talked about that last time, the issue of the you know drug testing. I think it was the men's uh, 105, or was it 94? That God, it was like the A group were were missing 70% of their lifts. Oh. And I thought to myself, this is maybe drug-related. They were using, and they had to cut back or not use, and now they can't lift those weights. But again, I don't know, but it seemed to me to be a result of that. Well, it, it, yeah, that's a good point, and I... I... I wouldn't disagree at all with what you said, but you think with all the um, experience that the, and the uh, organization of the countries, they would know to make allowances for that. They couldn't have been that fooled. So I don't know what 
Or well, maybe things. maybe the recent thing with Russia, you know, it caused a lot of the programs to wake up and and maybe be a little bit more wary. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a good maybe that's a good effect from it. <laughs> but we, you know, we don't know. Maybe it's travel. Of course, you travel far away, but everybody's traveling all the time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I never would have thought that. Um, a couple of us talking that, you know, like, um, okay, when I started lifting, if you could snatch body weight in your first meet or so, then that's good. Um, you know, and you clean and jerk double body weight as a guy, that's that's a good, uh, you know, a good goal. Now it's sort of like, wow, okay, you got a woman coming in. Well, you need to snatch double body weight or, or clean and jerk double body weight or, or you're crap. It was like, who would have ever thought? <laughs> yeah. Just watching some of these women. Were so and other guys too, but I mean, the the, the women were so strong and they're coming along so well, so impressive. That, uh, yeah, I, I think the the women's uh, weightlifting is just getting a boost uh, from a lot of different areas. There was just last week an article in Cross, I'm sorry, in the Guardian about CrossFit, the Guardian UK newspaper, hmm. about women in CrossFit and strong is sexy and. I think the mentality is changing. You know, I I don't want to go so f- get into the whole body image thing, but certainly uh, I want to say 70s, 80s, the idea of a woman weightlifter. Well, you, of course you have your daughter, but the idea of a woman weightlifter was, oh, you don't want to do that. that that's <laughs> you know, it's not feminine. It's not. But now I think CrossFit has allowed that to become more acceptable. Yeah, that it, I think that's been a prime mover. And much more accepted, and um, um, I, I would have to agree that you know seeing a nice muscular pair of legs uh, certainly does more for uh, more for me than seeing a stick figure uh, walking around. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's that the comparison to a supermodel or something like that. Yeah, and they, uh, most of them when they 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 have confidence, it's a good thing too because even with guys, you have to have a certain amount of confidence, and then. Uh, it's it's an attractive quality in a person, and then it helps them with their you know just in your business and your daily activities. You can uh, it's all around very positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing better than if you think of you know toughness. Uh, it's 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 got to be across the board now. You know, you you live in this world. You got to be tough. You've got to be resilient. You've got to be disciplined. So all those characteristics. Are something that is attractive. <laughs> yeah, Where do you see? Uh, yeah. So if you're a guy though, and you're not clean and jerking 142 kilos, don't put it on. Or if you're you're happy with your 140 kilo clean and jerk, um, and you weigh I don't know, let's just say 90 kilos, um, don't get. You can be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's probably a 63 kilo woman that just did 140, just beat you by five kilos. So um, don't be Mr. <laughs> tough Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a coach that always said, if you can do uh, what the last woman did at the World Championships, you can feel okay about yourself, you know, from an from an average guy standpoint. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, so where, where, are you, where are you headed now? You're, you're back with, you said about getting a hold of work, saying DC blocks. I, I guess the competitive schedule is slowing down. Are you announcing? What, what do you got going towards the end of the new year? Um. Let's see, we did, uh, yeah, did announce the powerlifting meet and a weightlifting meet here in, said October and early November, right before I left for the Worlds. 
um, headed to um, headed to uh, the NSCA, more Texas stuff in San Antonio for the NSCA coach strength coaches uh, conference, and then the American Football Coaches Association. That'll be the biggest event I go to. I think they I think they said that there's either ten thousand people that show up for that, um, or their memberships more than ten thousand. But it's going to be the biggest one I've showed up to. We've got a new product coming out based on world championships that my huh. patent attorney said I have to uh, not really throw too many details. But what I can share is I think I no I've solved the problem. I'm in the process of solving the problem of non-portable jerk boxes. So that's um, and then I'll, I'll get more information out uh, when it becomes real. But it's in process now. So, but, uh, okay, great. That's that sounds great. All right, and then maybe we'll get you back after the new year. Good. Uh, so you're at home then for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I'm gonna be home here. Uh, then then the the exhibitor show take off in January, February, and then an NBA thing in May, and some different stuff. Um, yeah. So. And what do you what do you usually do for Christmas? Is it your traditional kind of? Um, I had been going out to see Rachel uh, in Denver usually during Christmas time. Uh, she is due for her third baby. It's will be a boy on. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, December twenty sixth. But because of, um, so I'm gonna we we talked and I think we're gonna do something in either late January. Um, That'll work out much better for her and uh, and for myself too. But um, I can provide the most help uh, and support after she's back and uh, it's a little more settled. So then we're going to compromise on that one this year. Okay, sounds good, Derek. Thanks for uh, talking. And uh, yeah, wish you best of the best of luck at the end of this year and a happy new year. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to talking to you soon. Thanks.